Hello, this is Ken, your podcast preacher, and I want to welcome you back to Deep Waters. This podcast is brought to you by Applied Strengths Ministry, where we believe working together in our strengths is the effect of working out the will and calling of God in our lives. The title of this message is God Fog. So why do we have a propensity to have to know what God is up to before we commit to his instruction? I mean, don't excuse yourself from the table just yet. I did a message titled Discipleship, Equipping the Saints for the Work of Ministry, and it doesn't come with a why we should be being equipped set of instructions. God is not compelled or inclined to explain himself to his kiddies. I mean, when we sing, I surrender all, or take all that I am, are we inserting a subliminal message that reads or sounds something like, as long as you explain yourself to me? After all, I'm committing my entire life to your cause. I have skin in a game, God. So like, what of it? Okay, so maybe this was only my process and everyone else just jumped into deep water, no questions asked. So like, didn't Jesus tell his disciples to get in a boat? And oh, by the way, the devil is going to send a boisterous wind to try to sink the boat to keep me from getting to the country of the Garadines that I might not set a wild man free of a principality or legion of demons that are not only affecting his life, but the region as well. For my Jews are raising pigs, which they ought not be doing, since they declare that they are Jews who follow God's law. Mark 4, 35, 15. On the same day when evening had come, he had said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on his my pillow. <laughs> I just added that. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gerardines. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame him, and always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him, and he cried out with a loud voice and said, what have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. For he said to him, Come out of the man, unclean spirit. Then he asked him, What is your name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. Also he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. Now a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountains. So all the demons begged him, saying, Send us to the swine that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There were about two thousand, and the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea, and drowned in the sea. So those who fed the swine fled, and they told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was that had happened. Then they came to Jesus, 
and saw the one who had been demon-possessed, and had the legion sitting in clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Yes, I included a big bite of scripture, which includes more revelation than Nostradamus's entire life. My thought is, if you eat more meat, you will leave less room for dessert. So what you say, Ken, let's go to Mark 4, 33-34, as it states, And with many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. But without a parable, he did not speak to them. And when they were alone, he explained all things to his disciples. Yes, but the key point, and maybe even question, is, are you his disciple? I mean, you can believe in God and not be his disciple, right? I think based on what I have seen over the last 25 years, is that most of the church is betting on it. Now, I feel perhaps we should consider some context, which is that to most people he told them parables. Matthew 13, 34, 35. All these things Jesus spoke to the multitudes in parables, and without a parable he did not speak to them, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things kept secret from the foundation of the world. So now, but wait, wait, wait. Yes, I say there is more, and so it is now that we knit a sweater. Now Luke has something he wants to get off his chest, and so it is that I think he was compelled to repeat himself, so as to be sure that we understood that there is a difference between a believer and the believer who desires to also be a disciple of Jesus. There is no doubt in my mind that there is a difference between the two groupy peeps. Learning and doing, faith with works, power exuding from your ministry and calling. These are but just a few attributes that ooze from a disciple. Luke, what say you? In 1426 it states, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and his mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. So I have a message on this titled Family Redefined. Give a listen to get an earful and see if you won't at least for a moment contemplate your current position in God. In this moment, you can simply make a mental list of all the family and relational events that you have placed above being a disciple of God. I've heard the excuses and surely many will be taking the wrong list to heaven. Anything we do to minimize our walk or to diminish our walk with God reduces the value of the cross. The cross effect, in other words, has less value for you unless you are completely sold out to God. And so for a minute, this looks like you are a disciple of God and are making disciples. Luke 14:27, And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. It is interesting when he says, and come after me. So it sounds like we're supposed to be pursuing him. And in his prayer, in John, he said, I pray they are at where I am at. So what does our cross look like? Everything that Jesus looked like, with the exception that our cross doesn't pay the price of sin at all. Suffering properly, going through persecutions if and when they come, passing the tests of God, serving others in love, and maturing as a Christian, eventually moving Feasting on two all beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. <laughs> you see, TV is dangerous, peeps. I can't even remember my son's birthday. But man, I can unearth some commercial jingles. Pray for me. Luke 14:33. So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. So in case you might have thought Jesus was leaving anything on the table, he wasn't. When he pulled the tablecloth off the table, everything went with it. Now, I'm not saying this is easy or that I'm the model for being a disciple. 
I teach because that is what I've been called to do. But I will confess that I do as much as I can to walk according to his plans and purpose for my life. If I had it all down, I would have been taken home by now. Still not a believer? That is, as a believer, there is a difference? But so there's a difference between a believer and a non-believer when it comes to what we are interested in. Obviously, a non-believer is not interested in the things of God. So although they may be loaded down with why questions for God, it is because they are God ignorant. And in some cases, perhaps, they are even being saved. And the seed that has been planted in them is beginning to sprout. John 3, 3. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. John 14, 17. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. You see why the questions will be different from this group called the world than that from the disciple or from the believer only? This may be why you don't get a why option with your walk with God. Now you want to know who invented the original decoder ring? Jesus did. Look as he addresses a question from his disciples. And the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? Matthew 13.10 Now look at Jesus' response in Matthew 13.11. He answered and said to them, Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it has not been given. You see, they got a decoder ring. They were given the revelation of what Jesus was saying. Now for a wild story. Read the entire story of Matthew 13.1.23. Okay, so but let us not depart from this point yet. Let's look at Mark 4.11. And he said to them, To you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those who were outside, all things come in parables. Nail in the coffin? Let's take a look at 1 Corinthians 2, 10, 16. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man, except the Spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God, except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Verse 13, These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, Yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Now I know some of y'all might right now be saying, but Ken, this applies to those who are outside. Read Mark 4.11 again, Ken. I would agree with you. You got me. Nope. You see, there are two battles going on. One to keep you from being authentically born again, and the other is... If you do indeed become born again, then the devil has another strategy, which is to keep you from becoming a disciple of Jesus. Now the absence of this commitment by you can lead you to fall away. Now falling away can cost you your salvation. Look, Hebrews 6, 4, 6. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift 
and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit, and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come, if they fall away, to renew them again to repentance, since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God, and put him to an open shame. 1 Timothy 4, 1, 3 Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created, to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Now I should have just bethought that if I told you to read the next scripture in order to have believed, that you would have went away and did it. But I have been alive too long to believe that. So I dropped the full bag right here so that you don't have to. Second Peter 2 But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways, because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. By covetousness, they will exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time their judgment has not been idle, and their destruction does not slumber. For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness, to be reserved for judgment, and did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the whole world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemning them to destruction, making them an example to those who would afterward live ungodly, and delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked, for that righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. Then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. And especially those who walk according to the flesh in the lust of their uncleanness and despise authority. They are presumptuous, self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries. Whereas angels who are greater in power and might do not bring a reviling accusation against them before the Lord. But these, like natural brute beasts, made to be caught and destroyed, speak evil of the things they do not understand, and will utterly perish in their own corruption, and will receive the wages of unrighteousness, as those who count it a pleasure to carouse in the daytime. They are spots and blemishes, carousing in their own deception while they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery, and that cannot cease from sin enticing unstable souls. They have a heart trained in covetous practices, and they are cursed children. They have forsaken the right way and gone astray, following the way of Balaam the son of Beor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. But he was rebuked for his inequity. A dumb donkey speaking with the man's voice restrained the madness of the prophet. These are wells without water, clouds carried by tempest, for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Well, so okay. To summarize, we start with two people groups, the believers 
and the believers who were also disciples. Then we went into the group that was outside, which are the unbelievers, but maybe some of them are being saved. And then finally we got to the rock, that is to those who were in, but because they did not become disciples, they fell away. That is, they went back to the outside. So this is that, in that if you are a believer and a disciple, then the why question, if you have any, will not hinder you from doing what God commands. You willingly walk into the fog of God knowing He has you, and that you can fully trust Him even and especially when you cannot see your own hand in front of your own face. Well, that's it for today and for this message series. Remember, it's not what you find wrong or disagree with regarding these messages, but what you can take away from it. Together we can do more to impact the kingdom than if we work alone. Let's flip the script and kill, steal, and destroy the works of the enemy and create space for the light of life to shine through into people's lives. Plant a seed and click on the like and subscribe button. Let's build this ministry together. Thanks and see you next time in deep water.